Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Ilan Goldenberg. I run the Middle East program at the Center for New American Security. And I'm Elisa Catalano-Ewers, and I'm a senior adjunct fellow at the Center of New American Security. So, Elisa, I think you were going to ask me the first question. Is that that's, that's right. That's right. So we're here to talk about Iran and what to do on U.S.-Iran policy moving forward uh, based on a report that Ilan and I uh, wrote in the last couple of months. And so I think the place to start, Ilan, is why is this such a hard nut to crack? What are the challenges that we face in trying to, to come up with a holistic strategy on Iran? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think that what we're trying to do is really argue for a case to go back into real diplomacy with Iran after kind of what's been a pretty, I think, bad few years under the Trump administration on this issue, either if the Trump administration changes course or in a Biden administration. But simply going back into the JCPOA is going to be incredibly complicated because you have all these different actors. You have, you know, you have the European players who all really want the U.S. to go right back in, as well as Russia and China. You've got um, Israel and Saudi Arabia and also Republicans in Congress who are opposed to the JCPOA and the political legacy there. Of course, you've got U.S.-Iran relations, which are incredibly complicated and mired with distrust. And you've also got an American election and six months later, an Iranian election to throw into all this. And so all of this is incredibly complicated and you're trying to move all these different pieces to align them in just the right way. And so that I think was a challenge. So maybe Elisa, you can tell people, you know, how we tried to do that. <laughs> so so we, we pulled together a whole group of folks to talk about this issue over the course of a year. And we came up essentially with a couple of phases. And the first phase is that you really want to take the immediate crisis off the agenda and buy as much time as possible. And so this is really about de-escalation and kind of freezing the Iranian nuclear program where it is or rolling it back a bit further and de-escalating in the region. And there are a couple of different ways that you can do that. On the nuclear front, you could uh, conceive of a kind of quick mutual reentry of the United States and Iran into the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the JCPOA, uh, and, and try and kind of revert the clock um, to pre-2018. Uh, that may not be possible. And if not, there are a couple of steps short of that that can at least, again, kind of buy time and freeze things where they are. And then the second part of that freezing is really to lower the temperatures in the region. And over the last 18 months, we've seen a whole lot of chaos and, and escalation in the region, whether it's attacks on oil tankers, whether it's rocket attacks against US troops in Iraq. Uh, and so part of, this, part of this would be, how do you get kind of an agreement, an unspoken agreement that the temperature goes down? You stop some of those attacks you stop some of the bellicose rhetoric and, and lay the foundation for what comes next, which is what, Alon, what's phase two once we get this kind of initial piece uh, sure. underway? So, yeah, I mean, so once you hopefully have put everything at least in a box, um, the key then is while the Iranians are off doing their own presidential election in June of 2021, to have the United States really consult deeply with its partners about what a long-term plan looks like. That means talking to the Israelis, about their concerns. They are very concerned about the nuclear program, but also Iran's regional behavior. For the Gulf states, actually, the biggest issue is their regional behavior. They think that the whole problem with the US strategy has been it's too focused on nuclear issues. I mean, for the US, I think we, we view it differently because we see the nuclear issues as having much broader global implications. But the fact is, 
you got to get on the same page with these players or at least address their concerns um, as you develop a strategy or else it's all going to blow up in your face as it did previously. And part of this is also going to mean engaging with Congress and seeing if there's any possibility to build some bipartisan support. I know that feels like crazy in today's Washington, but like I think that's kind of where we need to get to. Um, and so then from there, you would move on to uh, phase three. And this is really where the hard diplomatic work begins. After you've kind of set that you've frozen things where they are, you've done these deep consultations with partners, with members of Congress, you've laid out a strategy that you want to execute. This third phase has a much longer time horizon and really reflects all of that consultative work. Here's where you would potentially at some point, maybe not immediately, um, but can seek to, to find those improvements to the JCPOA that, that the debate has talked about for years. And that includes extending sunset provisions in exchange for, for greater sanctions relief as a primary goal. Uh, but this is also where that regional piece uh, really starts to take shape. This is where you, we ultimately look for, for practical uh, realistic uh, discussions and and deals that seek to really uh, to really lower the tensions in the region and perhaps in the long term set the stage for for you know a, a much more stable and secure scenario. Uh, but that has a much longer time horizon. And those three phases are really what our our report means to to lay out. So I think that's it. We only have five seconds left, but we've managed to summarize that 30-page report in six minutes. Yeah, yes. <laughs>